Hello, Rip City. To all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, my name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, as always, the on-time Hawaiian, the master of segues, the Mr. Professional, the Boris Godunov. Oh, wait, I mean, uh, Christopher <laughs> Joseph Burkhart. What's up, buddy? Thank you for having me on the podcast, kid. <laughs> I am so happy to be here. He's a Boris Godunov oh, Trailblazer super fan. For those of you who don't know, once upon a time at NBC, I did Boris Godunov. And uh, I was supposed to be a Blazer super fan. And that was the voice. And I did all these cut up interviews with uh, Miley Cyrus and. Donald Trump and uh, Drake. We did a few of them before I canceled the show. Uh, you know, put it out of its misery because it wasn't that great. But it was one of my first times Fantastic. to be on camera. And uh, Larry Eldridge, our GM at the time, was hey! awesome because there was really no such thing as a bad idea. It was more like trying to foster creativity in the office, right? Like if you guys want to find ways to be creative and you want ha you want to have dreams, you want to film, let's find ways we can do it. So he knew I wanted to be on camera, and that was uh, kind of his brainchild and we did something he's like it might work it might not but it's going to give you a chance to do something new and i'll never forget it i'm very appreciative for it because the gms that followed and uh keith knows and now i'm gonna get in trouble for saying it out loud but they did not they did not foster creativity and give people chances to live outside of this little tiny cramped square box that they put them in so much appreciated but yeah Boris good enough trailblazers trailblazer super fan and uh yeah maybe we'll make a make a <laughs> make a video again one day but hey you listened last night after playing dead by daylight i kept keith up till three o'clock in the morning making him watch these <laughs> dumb videos but i don't know how making but i, me. I don't fantastic. know how dumb they were because he was laughing at them so <laughs> i mean look i'm i'm a i'm a cheesy ass dude so i i love the stuff and also there's the added thing of seeing you do this really awkward and fun i just i i enjoyed it was fantastic man i i thought it was amazing and i really wish we uh could see that on we tried to do I mean, some look, things it was uh, actually know, as, really cool so larry asked me if i could do voices and i was like i can do a few but if you give me time to try i can try them and so, like, I took time and, like, uh, I was trying to do a Christopher Walken for him. And, like, that, I just, I, I couldn't nice. do. I was like, <laughs> I cannot, I, I could try I to do it on the, on the fly, but I just. I, the watch. Yeah. We're going to watch this uh, podcast. <laughs> That's, see, I already mixed Boris in there, but it's, you got to get the case. So, yeah, the now, now you're, you got like, yeah, the Russian I know, Christopher and then you do, yeah, the, the William Shatner's are classic ones if you're into voices. And, like, I'm going to listen to the podcast never forget <laughs> like you gotta get the, the cadence Hard in fun. there but i always did when i was when i was yeah when i was a little kid it started my love for trying to do voices was because i did uh oh isn't it it is boris wasn't it grandpa boris was that grandpa boris from rugrats this dummy oh <laughs> it's hanukkah <laughs> welcome to hanukkah like, that's how i started and, this, and then yeah and then boris was based that was actually yeah, boris good. was based like off that. of that was... whole uh uh, Mr. Kakashka and Hey Arnold. <laughs> hey Susie. Now, before we get into love, hugs, and hate mail and more Boris talk, okay? We got to go off on a tangent. So. Okay, take us there. What you got? I went out this morning. This beautiful morning. Absolutely beautiful day. I'll tell you what, it feels more like Los Angeles outside today than it does Portland, and I love it. But air, clean air, you know. <laughs> anyway, Zing. COVID, right? Shots fired. COVID's been going on the last few years. Once that started, couldn't uh, go to the movie theaters or anything. My poor girls, and it, trust, trust me, being a parent during COVID has been crazy. A couple months ago, after numbers started to go down, we finally took them to the store for the first time, the freaking grocery store. And my, you would have thought my kids were at Disneyland inside of Fred Meyer. And that was <laughs> heartbreaking, really. Anyway, 
took them to a movie today for the first time since pre-COVID and went and watched Lightyear, which was a good movie. I'd recommend to watch. Not the greatest Pixar movie. Not a 10 out of 10. Uh, a little cliche at times, but I did like it. It was a fun, fun experience, fun movie. But anyway, got my girls a, a slushy and they loved it. And, uh, but they got the little paper straws, you know, because we li- also we live in Portland, all about the environment, right? Don't want to throw the plastic straws out oh, yeah. there. Got to oh, yeah. you know, save the environment. So someone decided to make something that gets soggy when wet as the main utensil to drink wet, <laughs> you know, to drink a fluid. I mean, that part can be figured out a little better. Yeah, for I sure, mean, but it's, it's progress. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, just tell them if you want, if you want, plastic if you want sucks. a straw, you got to buy a five cent red vine because then you can at least bite off each end and you got a candy straw. And it's obviously more, there it's way go. more efficient. Anyway. Well, that would make long sense. story short, after a few minutes, my girls, are, my girls short. are like, "Dad, the straws are too too wet to drink." And then I was like, "Oh, maybe I grabbed the wrong straw." So I go back out, and our theater happened to be at the very, very end of of Clackamas Cinema. We were in like room thirteen or something at the very end of the, the wing we were on. So I walk all the way back to the front, Keith. I get the proper straws. They're still paper, but they're bigger, thicker to to you know get the Slurpee suck. Yeah, oh, okay. Get the Slurpee okay. Sucked Got up. the upgrade. Take them all the way back to the theater. I open the first one, give it to my youngest daughter. She's happy. I open up the second one, and I I, I open too hard. I rip the entire straw in half. So now the straw does not work. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, no more I'll be right back. I'll I'll be right back. So I go and I, I go all the way back. I mean, it's like a hike, right? I go all the way back. I get the straw. This time I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to make that same mistake. I'm not going to rip it in half. So I opened it before I left. I was like, I'm at there and I opened it. That way, if I accidentally ripped it in half, I didn't have to walk all the way back, right? Smart move. I'm learning. Learn from my mistakes. Yeah. I walk all the way back to the movie theater. I get about five feet away from my daughter. I drop the fucking unwrapped straw on the floor. No. I just look at my wife and I'm like, and I'm fuming, and she's like, "What?" And I go, "I dropped the straw. I'll be right back." <laughs> and I had to turn around, and I had to walk all the way back to the front of the theater. This time, I grabbed. This is what I did this oh time. This time, I grabbed a straw, and I unwrapped it. Oh, and I grabbed it. Risky. Then I grabbed a second straw, and I didn't unwrap it. Uh-huh. And I walked all the way back. Halfway there, uh-huh. oh my god, COVID! I've touched a lot. Of <laughs> I need to put some hand sanitizer on. So I put some hand sanitizer on, and then I go, in my head, I go, how do I hold the unwrapped straw now? Otherwise, my daughter's going to taste straight oh hand sanitizer. And, like, I have, like, the straw is, like, balancing on my wrist. I'm like, okay. So, like, I, like, I like use, like, the sleeve of my shirt to kind of, uh, it was all an ordeal. It's like wrapping. Yeah. And then I, wow. finally get into, I finally get into the theater. And, of course, they literally needed the straw right as the movie started. I get into the, the movie theater, and Daniel's like, oh, you missed this? You missed this? I'm like, I have no idea what's going on in the movie. I missed the first 10 minutes. All because my girls needed the perfect straw. <laughs> Doing laps yeah. in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> Brooklyn looks at me after I sit back down. She goes, dad is gone. Can I have another, please? And I'm like, I am not walking all the way back oh, there. Get no. you another slurpee. Oh, no. You're toasted, kid. <laughs> My only response, I support paper straws. If if for no other reason than that story. <laughs> also for the environment, like you said, and, and plastic sucks. 
that almost could have gone into probably some some hate mail. I'm not really <laughs> sure. I hope you have some other hate mail prepared because it sounds like that could have been it, man. But let's start it. Let's let's get this going. Our world famous segment: love hugs and hate we mail. Need, we need an intro. Cr- like Chris, coming to you we first. Need an intro like Price is Right, Wheel of Fortune. They all have an intro. We need an actual <laughs> intro. So I'm gonna, figure, I'm gonna figure this out. Love hugs and hate mail. Uh, my love probably like your love it's probably the love hug and hate mail all wrapped into one for various different reasons but sending our love uh to the family of caleb swanigan and caleb you know swanigan himself uh even though he's no longer here with us uh sending love to him because he's somewhere out there uh in in the heavens listening but unfortunately uh blazer legend caleb swanigan passed away untimely of natural causes at the age of 25 um, obviously had some personal issues to deal with, a lot of that having to deal with his his weight and his struggle to, to, to stay fit. But it's just unfortunate because if you listen to the stories of people who interacted with him in a short time in the NBA and prior, uh, he was a, a gentle giant, a kind-hearted soul. And it's uh, very unfortunate um, that the world lost him because he might not have been playing in the NBA anymore, but he still had a lot to give to a lot of people in a lot of places. And it's just a reminder of a, how fragile it is. And secondly, um, my love goes straight to Damian Lillard as well, because it resurfaced the fact that when people were on social media dogging Caleb Swanigan for how do you gain that much weight in a year from being around the league and blah, 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 and try to, you know, fat shame him. Damian Lillard was one of the most prominent people on Twitter who instantly jumped to his defense and basically, dude, like, don't judge other people. You don't know what people are going through. Like, be there to help. And uh, so you got to send love to Damian Lillard there, showing that he's a leader off the court as well. So my love is going to Caleb because, again, didn't pan out NBA career-wise, but I don't think Rip City's going to forget him anytime soon. And if anything, he did give Blazer fans... A absolute wonderful run in the summer league where I think Blazer fans fell in love with him because the dude was all all motor and no brake. Like <laughs> like all gas and no brake. <laughs> dude just played nonstop. But yeah, it's unfortunate. It's it's similar to uh your hugs last week, sending them to, to Ray Liotta. But yeah, my love's going out to, to Caleb Solano again and all those who uh met him, interacted with him, and were impacted by his short time here. Yeah, man, I'm with you. I, I had this in for my hugs, so I can just kind of pile on for this too. Yeah, his 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 path may not have been in the NBA, but like you said, he was doing a lot of good, even still here around Portland. Um, if anyone follows Gregory McKelvey on Twitter, uh, a local, uh, 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 let's say just activist for social issues uh, in the area, um, Gregory worked with Biggie and a bunch of homeless youth uh, around town, even very recently. Uh, and, and he had some, McKelvey had some very uh, kind of poignant things to say in a thread about, you know, how much of a surprise this was. He shared even just kind of, you know, some dialogue he had with, with, uh, with Caleb Swanigan about at one point Swanigan did some weird things on social. And so I think McKelvey kind of reached out to him and said, Ch- just checking in and, and Swanigan talked back about, you know, yeah, we're good. Just, you know, uh, going through some things, and and like you said, Chris, we're all going through some things. Oh and yeah, so, and, you know, just uh, just just remember that everyone out there, just please remember that people all have their own battles to fight, and so just you know, judge less. You said you were gonna make that your hug, but we just decided to make it love, because you know, I like love. love so too. then I'm just, it's, it's so now we're gonna hug. turn this around. So then, where's your hug going, Keith? Where's your hug going? My hug is going to our dude, uh, our Discordian friend Tico. Hey! 
Uh, <laughs> and really, it's going to our, our whole Discord in general, my man. I know we've done that one before, but I just had a really fun little time with this. Tico is one of our newer guys on Discord. Uh, we gave him a shout out the other week for asking about a Nurk to Mavericks rumor. He was the guy that brought this up, saying that he heard, heard a report from a Bosnian uh, journalism source that basically saying Nurk was going to sign with, the, with Dallas. Um, we talked last week about how maybe that's not as likely. So yeah, they, they figured that out. Uh, big thing though, Tico, his Nurk support on Discord has continued. He's been kind of Nurk's backing for any time uh, Yusuf comes up on, on any of our conversations. And someone called him out as being Nurk's burner account. <laughs> and everyone else starts playing with it, like, hey, Nurk, thanks for joining the Trailcasters Discord. It's good to have you here. We really appreciate it. And Tico has gone full in on, uh, on playing the role. All of his responses since, the, <laughs> at least today, have all been as, as Yusuf Nurkic. So <laughs> I like just, 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 uh, it, He's nailing it. It really, uh, it, it brought a smile and some laughs earlier, especially on a day where we need some of those smiles and laughs uh, from other stuff. So uh, uh, shout out to Tico. Really appreciate you. And all the Discord. Appreciate all of you. Come and join the Discord. Link in the episode description. How about you, Chris? Where are your hugs? Hug is going to the wonderful career of Sue Bird, who has announced that she is hanging them up at the end of this season. Uh, I think, honestly, she probably could have done it a few years ago, but she wanted to see through the opening of the new arena in Seattle, and I'm glad she did. The thing is, I don't think she doesn't necessarily need to retire because the girl can still ball. She's so good. Oh, dude. Um, but she is an absolute legend in, in the game, not the NBA. It's the game of basketball. One of the all-time greats. Oop, perhaps, you know, perhaps the best to ever play in the WNBA. Um, and so, yeah, big hugs there because, you know, the last few years of the WNBA, I think, I think the WNBA has gained some momentum in the last few years with casual fan and yeah you talk about her you talk about diana tarazi you talk about candace parker i think you got some really good talent over the last few years you got good young talents like uh we talked about last week with sabrina unescu yeah once uh once Paige uh, Buker lands there too. It's going to be phenomenal. So there's mm. lots of good talent uh, coming through. And I think the WNBA is only continue to grow. And 20 years ago when she entered the league, the WNBA was, you think people pick on it now, was a laughing stock back then. Like there's no way this is going to work, right? Uh, 20 years later, she's proved that it can work. And it's only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And a lot of that is thanks to her. And hell, big hugs because... She's good freaking basketball player. So fun to watch. So big hugs to the career of Sue Bird. Hell yeah. Real quick on my hate. I don't want to dwell on this. It's It's been a thing to deal with all day. The Supreme Court. <laughs> that's that's all I got. The Supreme Court. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not going to dwell too hard because I tried to do my best to even steer you away from making things too political because they're just not my favorite thing to talk about but this one is absolutely ridiculous and it's exactly where my hate was going my hate is going to uh nonsensical decisions being made that are not in the best interest of the majority to be in the year 2022 and taking a such a giant giant leap backward and it's absolutely disheartening because not only do you have this i've already seen posts on my social media from uh, friends uh, in in the LGBTQ community worried about what's going to come next, worried about yep, how their absolutely. rights are going to be infringed on by the Supreme yep. Court. And it's just, man, have fun editing this one. I always you with all the things. <laughs> the short version of it Dude. Is, is, yeah, it just, it just sucks because 
there are people at the top who definitely aren't going to be impacted by this who are just taking a giant uh on the people on the bottom since uh, since we you know this isn't just about politics we're trying to keep this about basketball as well you got blazers josh hart and anthony simons uh for two who have tweeted about this right off the bat josh hart said how is our country moving backwards very clear uh support and tells you what side he stands on all this the other one anthony simons anthony said that's sick shaking my head and yeah like I, i'm thinking at first oh is this possibly related to drafting oh no no he, he's looking at the bigger issues going on in the world so final thing on this friend of the show evan mccarthy hey! evanm.com artist does some great uh blazer portraits sports portraits you know kind of like music and the rest he tweeted earlier 100 of sales on the site this weekend are going to add abortion funds please share so we are sharing go and support women across this country uh, go and say f the Supreme Court. All right, let's talk about the Blazers draft day. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the trade in a second, but I want to start with the draft because that's obviously the big news that everyone is is going through, uh, going over right now. The Blazers, with the seventh pick, took Shaden Sharp. I just want to start by saying I still think the, the best thing that Blazers should do if they're trying to build around Dame is to use him as an asset, not necessarily for development. But there's... There, there's, there's a lot to break mm -hmm. down here. What, what, what are your first impressions? What, what did you think about the Shaden Sharp pick versus uh, uh, your guy Mathurin going right before him at six, right? Yeah, my guy, my, my guy Benedict went number six there to Indy. He's still my favorite player in the draft. Um, I think he's going to be very good there. Uh, but yeah, Shaden Sharp is an interesting one. I, I like the play here. Now, I know people are going to listen to this, be Mac included, and go, whoa, 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 Chris likes the play there. He talked a lot about how he, he, he wants them to trade that pick to ga gain assets, gain vets that can come in and help now. Uh, and as I told you last night, Keith, I think that, that I think getting Jeremy Grant for peanuts completely changed what they needed to do with that pick. And I think they were yeah, I, I think that. they were very calculated in that pick. Because here's the thing, if you can't use that pick to go get an asset, eventually you want something that you think you can develop. And I think they went with a long play here in Shaden Sharp. I know there was talk about from Cronin about thinking he can develop uh, quickly and he can contribute soon. I think like at this point, maybe on the bench, but he got he, he didn't play any college ball, red shirted. Um, but he has, by all accounts, one of the highest ceilings in the entire draft. Um, and there are people who think he can be an absolute star. Um, it's just a matter of getting to that ceiling. He has a long gap between where he is now and where that ceiling is. Um, but I think because, again, because they traded for Grant for nothing, it allowed them to take that, that play because they still retained all those other assets that people have talked about when it comes to getting in other valuable vets. So you can still go get vets with that Bledsoe deal, with Keon Johnson, with Nasir Little, right? Uh, I think, if anything, Keith, I think getting Jeremy Grant, again, for peanuts, trading that, trading that Milwaukee 2025 pick to get him is a steal because I also think that this opens the door for we've talked a lot about ant sign and trades and yada yada yada. I think getting Grant without giving up so many of those assets paints the picture that Ant is part of this team more than being than a tradable asset. Unless you sign and trade him for like a John Collins or whatnot. But you've just created some flexibility here within free agent market, within trades. And again, not everything is set in stone for the future, Keith, because just getting Jeremy Grant, Shaden Sharp, like a, a, this, we've talked about long play. I still think the window they're building for is another year out after this. So two years down the road, maybe Shaden uh, 
is very impressive this year. Now you have a really tradable asset or an asset that you think is very good. And again, everything to me changed when they were able to get Jeremy Grant for nothing because they retained all their other assets and still got sharp. Now, long story short, I'm sorry I rambled. Um, my point <laughs> I'm keep making here is because Shaden Sharp has, by again, all accounts, an incredibly high ceiling, they didn't necessarily go get the guy that is going to be able to contribute the most right now. I definitely think if they wanted to go get the guy that could just instantly be a contributor day one, no question asked, uh, not a star by any means, but going to contribute, I, I think it was Ben Matherin. As BMAC has pointed out many times, I think, it, I think Dyson Daniels felt, filled that role. But with Shaden Sharp having such a high ceiling, it goes back to what you said a second ago, asset. So they can go sign him in the next few days. The rookie window is 30 days. After 30 days, they can trade a rookie contract. It's what happened with Andrew Wiggins after he was drafted by the Cavs, signed, and then immediately traded 30 days later to, to Minnesota. Because they went and drafted the, the prospect player, it still opens the window that maybe, say a John Collins comes available, say come free agency time, OG Ananobi becomes available again. Now you can say, okay, I'll give you Bledsoe and his expiring contract to match money. I'll give you Keon Johnson because there's another prospect that you like, and I'll go. Gi I'll give you Shaden Sharp as well because you're a team who's looking for that prospect that you can build over the next few years. So this was, to me, when it comes to drafting that player, it was a perfect, perfect player to draft. Not necessarily the best player at that spot, again, who could go contribute day one, but a player that not only opens the door for contributing in the next two or three years, but opens the door for trades because his ceiling is so high and so many people covet that prospect if they're rebuilding. So again, I think when it comes to the players, I think it was the perfect player to cover all avenues that Joe Cronin's going to want to look into. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, we've all heard about the high ceiling at this point. And, and I like what you're pointing out here as far as he very much is still set up as a potential asset. We've talked before about Keon Johnson being the same way where he was a draft pick who's had a year of seasoning. Now teams can be excited about that. I think the risk you run with Sharp is that yes, while he has this high ceiling, he has a very almost historically low floor from the sound of it. There is no, not just college footage of him, but uh, Mike Richmond is talking about this on the Locked on Blazers podcast this week. Shout out to him. Mike was pointing out that there's there's barely even any high school footage of this guy against good high school competition. So yeah, his shot form may look fluid. He may have a very big jumper. Uh, similar similar to Anthony, Anthony Simons, where he didn't go to college, people are saying, oh, you don't need the competition against college-level players. But we still haven't... The, the, the tape on this guy is but it's severely also, it's limited. It's also wild to me that that's become a thing, though, Keith, because... Well, it's abnormal. But, it, it's, but... Not, it's not what people, I think, are... All I'm trying to say is that he has a low floor in the same way that he has a high ceiling. It's a gamble. And when you're trying to build a team around Dame, it, on one hand, Joe Cronin has said right from the start that he's going to take swings. And we have praised him for being willing to take swings. This is a swing. This is a big swing. And like you said, that swing is it's more of a free roll in the sense that you got Grant for so little where you didn't have to use all of your assets. So I, I, I get it. I can see where it makes sense for the Blazers. I'm waiting to see what happens, waiting to see how it pans out. Either he's good for us and becomes an asset, or he's bad for us and he's a waste, like where it's not much of an asset. And again, fortunately, that might be okay from Cronin's perspective because we have enough, uh, enough other assets, such as 
Keon Johnson, possibly Nasir Little, possibly Anthony Simons, the Eric Bledsoe contract. But, but it's also say. interesting because people get mad and they're like, oh, I can't believe he didn't trade it. I can't believe he didn't trade it. You're, it's, he looked into it. Any good GM does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tried. When the, when the deals aren't there to give you back the value you think you can get, you don't just pull the trigger just because to get a vet is what you need to do. Right. So if you know that you think you could have got uh, an OG or a John Collins somewhere down the line, and now someone's coming and saying, oh, I'll give you Jamichael Green for the seventh pick. Yeah, you're not going to go do that. You're just going to use it. And that's why I think when you do... And again, big difference with him and mm-hmm. Olshay. Like we, one thing we've talked about before is that Olshay would do this kind of mediocre deals just to fill a spot and get a, someone to kind of fill the roster and be a playoff yeah. contender. Versus, yeah, here, it sounded like Toronto was settled in on mm-hmm. saying we want a center, uh, or I can't remember what the other one was, but basically wanting this, uh, a, some, a center or a big price for uh for OG on an OB. That's not gonna happen. So yeah, so yeah, I he, just uh, think I, I think among the prospects, I think they went and drafted the one Keith and like I said, you're 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 talking about the championship window, but I still think this is the piece that can help the championship window the most because the fact if he pans out he could help the No, team. I just I don't even think it's because he has to pan out. I think it's because of the perceived value in what he could be. Because if you again if you got if you as, as if you got Ben Matherin or Dyson Daniels I think both of those guys could turn around and be incredible rotation players from day one. And if you put other pieces around them and you go to the playoffs or whatever, like Ben Matherin is going to go get minutes, in my opinion. So is Dyson Daniels. And Shaden Sharp might not be there yet, but his trade value is still higher than those other two guys because of how high that ceiling is. Because there's very few people, very few people who are going to argue that like Ben Matherin again or a Dyson Daniels has a higher ceiling than those two. He's just more of also an unknown of those two. But that ceiling is what a lot of uh, people look at when it starts coming to wheeling and dealing. So again, if you weren't looking for that guy who was going to make the immediate impact, you're looking for all your other avenues as well. I think you drafted the absolute best person in that spot. So if he's really good in two to three years, you won. If you turn around and can flip him in the next year and you go get your starting power forward because of it, you won. And if you went and got, again, if you went and got Dyson Daniels or Ben Matherin, as much as I love Ben Matherin, if he, if he contributes in two and three years, great. But I don't think he has the same value to turn around and flip for those other veterans that you could go get. So I, that's why I think this is a, a very good pick for all things considered. Now, if you are looking at Keith specifically on the court, who's going to contribute day one, I don't think it's the best pick. I, again, I would have gone Daniel since he was available. Um, but let, let me ask you something about this. Uh, uh, are, are you, are you, are you feeling like, does, does what you're saying is that he, he's not going to be someone contributing. So you, you, you see this more as an asset. Do, do you think this means that like, do you, do you feel like he's more likely to be moved? No, no, no. It... It's not necessarily that I don't think he can contribute. I totally think he can. The day, the day one thing. Is yeah. Like, like he can contribute, but you don't see him being like the, the piece to slot in around Dame day one. I think, I think you're trying to not, not, I don't mean it meanly. I think you're trying to, 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 to read between the lines, but I'm not laying down any lines for you. I, I, I literally okay, just okay. think that, that like, let's just say day one, first day of camp, Ben Matherin is a better player than Shaden Sharp, in my opinion. Dyson Daniels is a better player than Shaden Sharp, in my opinion. Day one, first day of camp that they show up. 
I again, but I don't but think you're two or but three. But I don't think they have the ceiling that that guy does. Right. But right. again, as you've already alluded to, they also don't have the floor that he does because his floor is far lower than both of them's as it stands right now. And so that that's where you 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 played the risk game. I definitely think he's a guy that can develop and be a very good player. And can he contribute before next year's done? I absolutely think he can. The question is, will he? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm not reading in between. Or I'm not trying to lay down a, a question mark for you. I get where you say that with the way I ramble or think that with the way I ramble. I, no, I, you're okay, I, you're again, okay. I just think because his value is so, the board is so big, right? Such a yeah, wide such gap. such a wide yeah, yeah. gap. Um, like I said, th think of it this way in terms of ceiling and floors, right? I think Ben Matherin and Dyson Daniels and those other prospects that were available had lower ceilings. But I also think their current production level are closer to those ceilings than Shaden Sharps is. So if you're looking for a guy who's, who, who's, who is more NBA ready at moment number one that they enter the practice facility, it's those other guys. But if you're looking for a guy who over the long term has the potential to be the best, I think Shaden Sharp is that guy. That's why I said it's a good pick because I think you've covered a lot of bases with him. And that, that's what I like about it. Because I just don't think the other guys have that same trade value as where Shaden Sharp does. I just, in, in all aspects, I, I, I like the pick. I don't think it's doom and gloom in any, any way, shape or form. It's a smart move. I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's doom and gloom. I, I think I can understand where what the... Blazer fans, I, I, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I, I think I can understand where some Blazer fans are going to see this as, uh, as maybe signs that like, you know, that it, the team is like keeping the option open to move away from Dame. And that's something that could frustrate or, or cause some anxiety. Among I definitely fans. don't see it. With but that. I don't think it's, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's locked in as being that. I think it's definitely keeping like him being an asset, seeing what he could develop into. There's still a lot of options, but even that is kind of frustrating, Chris, because we've talked before about we want the team to pick a direction. This, this, this is not bad because you got a piece that could go many directions, but it still kind of leaves it leaves the team feeling comfortable not picking a direction. And I still feel like eventually they got to decide: are they going Dame or are they going Young? No, nah, see, I, uh, I, 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 I get. I, this didn't tell us I anything. I get where you all. feel that, like, and I'm not going to continue to. Like, to I, give you, you just my... you wanted answers during yeah, the draft. I'm... You want, you wanted, you wanted to like find something out and just feel like there's just more questions. No, here's the thing though. You got you, you, you got your answer post draft. You got your answer when Joe Cronin, unlike yeah, yeah. Neil Olshay, Neil Olshay after this draft, you know, it would have been the same stuff you heard every single year. Oh, we really think yep. we really think we really think we really think Shaden Sharp is a great guy. We really like uh, he's he's his his development is going to be a far more accelerated than people think. So once he really does hit his hit his stride, we think his arc is going to fit perfectly with Anthony Simons, which together that's going to just pair perfectly next to Dame with what we want them to do. And we got this here, and uh, you got you got to bifurcate this nonsense and blah 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 blah. He was going <laughs> to feed you the exact same thing and sell you on the fact that the team is just one tiny little piece away from being exactly where they need to be, right? And he's going to go into free agency right. and he was going to go he was going to go sign uh freaking he's going to get go get JJ Berea out of retirement or what the fuck ever and tell you that JJ Berea is the missing piece because now Simons can play the two where he's more comfortable and JJ really gives us that backup point guard that we've really needed and championship 2023. That's what Neil Olshay was going to sell you. You talk about the future. The first thing Joe Cronin said was, despite 
despite getting Shaden Sharp, despite uh, uh, signing or uh, trading for Jeremy Grant, still said we're nowhere close to where we need to be. We still there. Right. There are still moves to be made to get better. Casey Holdall tweeted the quote was, "We know we're not good enough. We need to get better." So that to me was not that is not alluding to we drafted Shaden Sharp to build for the future because Dame is not going to be here. That was, we drafted Shaden Sharp. We hope he can contribute. Maybe he has the 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 the, the trade value that we hope. Because again, Keith, like if they went, say they just traded the pick for two first round picks or something, they traded back. There's not, there was, you're not getting the same value of a tradable asset if you went and got the 16th pick, for instance, or the 15th pick or the 14th pick. So they drafted, right, they drafted right. the best asset at that spot. But when Joe Cronin goes out there and did not sell you a pile of bullshit and looked the, looked the reporters in the eye and looked Rip City in the eye and said, we are not good enough. We need to get better. Paints the picture that assets are on the table, Shaden Sharp might be one of them. He might not be, but we are still going to make every avenue we can to build around Dame. And the point is, he's good enough. Where if he's not an asset, and one of the other one of the other players are, you now have a guy that could fill in. Mm -hmm. Theoretically, for Nas or for Simons, this dude has the potential to be a three as well. Yes. So they, they drafted a guy that can definitely benefit them in multiple ways, whether it is in a Blazer uniform or elsewhere. And again. I get where people get upset with drafting that guy who is more of a prospect than the other guys. But when your GM turns around and literally paints the picture that the team is not good enough and says that word for word, we know we're yeah. not good enough. Please tell me, tell me when Neil O'Shea said that. When Neil O'Shea admitted in front of everyone that the Blazers roster was not good enough. No, because it was always yeah. It didn't oh, happen. we're just one little piece away. <laughs> we could do this. We could do that. But we're definitely we're definitely contenders as long as we've got Damon. We got CJ, and, and he tried to convince himself and then convince you along the way. When Joe Cronin didn't, I think he's laying the groundwork. I got to be honest. The way that that Olshay that you just gave us right there, not your best voice work, not your best kind of character impression work. He would have been way more negative, way more aggressive, and and rude about it. So you or, know, or, or saying, you're trying you want to add to your you repertoire. The the condescending, like he's trying to be nice. You're like, well, uh, <laughs> Keith, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this, Keith. How every time? Look, it's not like we weren't gonna. Think about yeah, that, go you <laughs> Yeah, you know, Let me tell you this, Jason. Like that's how that's how he'd approach Jason Quick all the time. Let me, <laughs> let me let me tell you this, Jason. I was just glad he didn't know my name. But let me tell you what, I still pissed the guy off more than once because of tweets I sent. So go me. <laughs> but no, again, just to reiterate, Joe Cronin admitting, despite getting Jeremy Grant, despite drafting a very good prospect player in Shaden Sharp, despite being very meticulous with his second round picks, I love the fact that they didn't use one, traded out, got a future pick went minimal risk on Jabari Walker um who is uh, he's good but he's still a late second round pick a relative unknown and the biggest difference here is that second round 3 and D wing that second that we'll second round pick can be signed to a two-way contract and a first round pick can't so and they do they should still go. have an yeah. open spot so they can sign him to a two-way contract no risk in doing so but again he said we are not good enough despite all the moves he made didn't try to you know did not try to polish a turd on you. He told you that you were. He, he told you you were holding <laughs> in your hand, and he's going to try to turn it into something eventually. So I love that. I definitely think, again, no matter what the move might look like, he is telling you that the goal is to get better with Dame. That 
that there's that there's more coming. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and that is around Dame. Yeah, he, he he continued too after the quote you had. Cronin said, "We'll continue working trade lines, looking for upgrades, and when the time comes, also enter the free agent market, looking to fill some specific needs." So yeah, he's being very clear, very crystal clear about the moves are not done. Uh, and again, and, you know, I appreciate you laying that a lot. I, I I didn't mean to come off too negative on Sharp. As much as I've been negative about the draft, that that happens every year. Again, like I said, I'm just not a fan in general of the draft process. Sharp definitely does give us options. On one hand, that is frustrating because I want them to pick a direction, but having options isn't bad. Being able to kind of have that flexibility is what we need to to build this right around Dame. One of the other things that I think, again, like we said, reinforces that Sharp doesn't signal a rebuild without Dame is the Jeremy Grant trade, like you brought up. This you you don't make that move for Jeremy Grant if you're planning on just kind of going going young, going the other no. direction. It just again like the the idea of the team not quite picking a direction yet. If anything, that means they it it still does lean towards the idea of Dame being the direction. So, do you have the details on what that trade was? I don't have it in front of me. All right. So the details of the deal were uh, the Blazers sent that Milwaukee 2025 pick as well as swap second round picks. So the Blazers sent third, the 36th pick to Detroit and Portland got the 46th. And then they sent two future second round picks as well. So there was a first round pick, uh, a second round pick swap and two future second round picks. And then Detroit also got a $21 million trade exception through the deal uh, for the lopsidedness of the contract. Um, and then they sent Jeremy Grant. And you gotta remember, that the talks that were being rumored, the talks that we were having on this podcast, the talks that we were having in Discord were, you know, I don't want to give up the seventh pick for him. That's what's rumored. They're going to want to try to get that lottery pick. Uh, God, would it be like, would you give up Nasir Little uh, in that deal if it meant getting Jeremy Grant? Some people would say maybe. Some people said no. Would you, you know, is it an ant type sign and trade? People are like, oh, hell no. That's not what I want to do. All these possible <laughs> rumored things to get Jeremy Grant that people were sour on were nowhere close to what the deal ended up being. So you gave up nothing absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things what you did was you traded cj cj mccollum and larry nance jr to new orleans and you ended up getting josh hart jeremy grant and joe ingles in return because you traded alexander that walker to utah who was also part who was sent to you from new orleans you traded him to utah got joe ingles and let's not forget that Joe Ingles sounds very much like he is in the Blazers' future plans because I think because of the injury and hitting free agency at his age, he's going to come very, very cheap. So they're going to be able to hopefully afford mm. him, even though he wouldn't be able to hit the court till after the midway point of the year. But Utah's just some yeah, experience off the bench. Is what you're saying. Utah's defense fell apart the minute he got hurt. Fell apart. Huh. Um, yeah, so even though he's slow as molasses, he is very smart on that side of the ball. <laughs> so 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 the the CJ McCollum trade, which we all argued was you know in a nutshell, I, I argued they got about his value out of it. Um, but the, and everyone got upset when they didn't get that second first round pick. He was still able, he being Joe Cronin, to turn that pick into a very very good asset. So basically, you traded CJ and Nance for Hart, Grant, and Ingles. And I think that's a pretty damn good trade if you're the Blazers. If if nothing else, it's more balanced. With, with, with CJ and Nance, and who was that third piece that played like a few games for us here? I'm forgetting. Tony Snell. Oh, Tony. Yeah, Tony Snell went there, and then yeah. Portland got 
Luzada or whatever his name is. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah. So if nothing else, all the talent going out was focused around one player, CJ. Nance was good, but he didn't contribute much for us, and he was at best of a, a solid role player. Tony Snell more of a fringe. What you get back is more balanced, and is at positions of of need a little more. Guys that can play the wing more instead of just having the overloaded guard although we still do kind of have the overloaded overloaded guard we can you know again still being dealt with but yeah it's it's you can't even even if people are going to be concerned that we didn't get a player back of cj's caliber which again it's it's not actually that common if you're trading out a star player to get a player back in the same way this you know again part been part of the whole uh, criticism of the dame idea of dame trades this gets us in a position where it certainly helps balance the roster or gets us going that direction no you disagree no Oh, sorry. I thought you were shaking your head. I thought <laughs> <laughs> All the early judgment as well on the CJ McCollum deal. How do you feel this balances it out? Adding Jeremy Grant uh, for the, the value of that pick. Like this certainly makes it look a lot better, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because what you got right now is you got a very, very good rotation player in Josh Hart. He's your, he's your sixth man off the bench if things continue to be built out there. They're trying to build this out. Um, I mean, right now, it looks like he's probably going to start at small forward until there's, unless there's some more moves to be made. Um, but I still think their, their grand plan is to have him as the backup two, three, um, and move him around. Like I think an ideal situation is to bring him first off the bench to play small forward. Then a few minutes later, you bring in Nasir little, put him in and slide him over to, and, and slide him back over to the two. Um, or you're starting this year maybe at the three because I just think he's a little more built for that spot than Josh Hart. Um, but you got yourself a very good rotational player and not a guy who is uncomfortable being in that starting lineup. So you won that. Secondly, you ended up getting rid of CJ, which opened the door. If you don't sign and trade him or turn him into an asset, you have the, the door open now for, for Anthony to be your starting two. And third, you traded him and did exactly what you needed to do in the long run, which was getting upgraded either small forward or power forward. And you definitely got that in Jeremy Grant. And I know people knock him, uh, but <laughs> again, he, he's a poor rebounder for a six foot eight power forward, um, but he's a good shooter. He's gonna be able to get buckets. And again, you, you dramatically upgraded your forward spot. And that's what you needed to do. Can, can we... Can we talk about his defense too? Because like, so uh, Rocco last year, we, we brought Rocco in. You and I have talked about Robert Covington a lot as a player we both really admire. Your favorite, your favorite NBA player is that how he you play? He's my it? favorite player currently in the NBA. I just love currently I love in the NBA. Robert, yeah, that's fair. Robert, Robert Covington. Him and him and uh, Stephen Adams go back and forth as to who's my favorite on a given day. So <laughs> that's okay, okay. But uh, the big thing with Covington up here, his role up here, it was kind of exposed that. He came in and was sold as like, oh, he's a great defender on the wing. He'll help balance out the issues that Portland has. Ends up more specifically, he was a great team defender, essentially. Like, what he needed was a system of good defense around him, and he was very he's very good at playing his role in those systems. That's what we've seen him play in on teams like the Clippers and, and elsewhere, uh, Rockets and the rest. What Jeremy Grant is, in contrast, Jeremy Grant's reputation is more that he is the on-ball, point-of-attack defender, uh, and, and, a, and a pretty top-tier one at that. He has had not just a, a few highlight plays, but good runs where he was considered a top stopper for guys like LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. These these wings, these top-tier star wings that Portland has had no answer right. for in Dame's era. 
uh, Jeremy Grant is that guy. That is the role that he will fill. The rebounding, like you said, is a problem. Before, I think I saw some things with, with Detroit. Before he was injured, he was only getting about four and a half or so rebounds. He got injured. They filled him with Cade and some other young guys, kind of got a new system going. He comes back, still is only getting four or even a few, a, a little bit less. We've got other rebounders, though. I, you can kind of hope for team rebounding in an aspect. How much of a problem do you think the rebound, uh, rebounding stuff is compared to what he could bring us on defense and, and like a, a wing offensive? I think he's an incredible uh, wing offensive player. Um, the rebounding does concern me a little bit because that's uh, getting no production from him there is going to put a lot of stress, if you will, on Yusuf Nurkic to be just your your main guy on the glass. And I don't think that's what you want in that situation, Keith, because, I mean, I, I don't think he needs any more to stress put on him uh, than is already put on him. But, I mean, keep in mind, you look at, at Robert Covington. Robert Covington is not a world-beater rebounder either, but he averaged almost two more rebounds per game last year than Jeremy Grant did. Um, what I think needs uh. to happen, this is why I'm a little bit more on team john collins and i am team og on anobi now og on an o oh, OG, okay. i want to i want to clarify because og on anobi would, would have been my preferred pick to get or preferred pick of the available possible trades um to get to drastically shore up that small forward position but now that you've already got jeremy grant and you did it for nothing that's why i still think john collins is is my preferred option and could still be gettable uh, with the expiring deals and some young talent that you have but if you could go get a john collins type you will that allows you to put john collins at um power forward and slide jeremy grant to small forward and now you have a 6'8 small forward, you have a 6'9, 6'10 power forward, you have a seven foot center, and now you have a small forward that just has mad length, just a mad wingspan. wingspan. He's a, he's, he's a yeah. better defender than people want to give him credit for. I, I, I don't I don't understand why he gets lumped into this he's a trash defender category because I don't think he is. Um, same thing with John Collins. I think he's better than people want to give him credit for. But again, if you can go get John Collins, Keith, John Collins averaged eight rebounds per year, year last year and that was competing with Clint Capella who was having career years on the boards over the last two years. So you put his eight, his eight rebounds in the paint alongside Yusuf Nurkic's ten rebounds in the paint and your small forward still getting you another four. Like now you're you're just to me you're a lot better balanced and even if you're now starting ant at the two or maybe you still end up finding a sign and trade partner for him that gets you that power forward whether it's collins or who else i'm just spitballing here i don't think it's the option i'm just saying say that were to happen you can still start josh hart at the two and now you just you, to me you just have such a a, a nice balanced lineup in that situation and so to mm. me i def balanced i definitely lineup. think a play to get a a power forward is still a thing that 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 should be looked into. Again, I would have preferred OG on Anobi, and then you go get a power forward. But getting Jeremy Grant first, I think a power forward can be priority to move him there. Doesn't mean you can't still go get an OG and pair him because if you pair an OG next to Jer uh, Jeremy Grant, like who cares? You just got an uh, elite defender. So who cares about giving yeah. up? A, yeah, you still got who good. Gives, yeah. Who cares about giving up a couple boards? Because you give up a couple offensive boards, they kick the ball out, you reset defensively, and you still have your 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 great defender right. OG on Anobi. Um, Having two like top tier wing defenders yeah. at that point, or two two top four defenders. Yeah, but that that Sorry. that is what I, I think is definitely 
at play here. And again, John Collins, I don't know if that's the guy or what would it take to get him and yada, yada, yada. I'm just going off what continues to sound like, you know, the, 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 the rumors and, and things that could happen uh, for the Blazers. And it does sound, and it does sound like the, the, um, the Raptors did exactly what I thought was going to, to happen. And that was why would they want to trade Doji on Anobi right now? They're still a very good young team with a lot of good pieces. Why would they want to give up a core piece of that? And people argue, oh, because Scotty Barnes and you know, Scotty Barnes, Pascal, and OG can all be on the court at the same time, no problem. Um, so why give that up? What do you think of his price being Rudy Gobert? Like if, if that's what they're targeting. OG? I, I, yeah, the, the rumor for Toronto is that they wanted Rudy Gobert uh, for in exchange. I get it because they want a massive upgrade at the center. And if I'm, if I am... If I am Toronto and I look at possible scenarios for a trade, do I want a seventh round, uh, the, the, the number seven pick and right. assets, a possible Ant Simon sign and trade for OG? Or do I want OG for Rudy Gobert so that I can start Rudy Gobert at center, Pascal Siakam at power forward, and Scotty Barnes at small yeah. forward? I'm sorry, Blazer fan. But that's the package I take <laughs> all day long if I'm the yeah, Toronto Raptors. It really is. And yeah, I think and you got so then you would pair you would pair um Rudy Gobert with Pascal, which would give him arguably, I mean, his best defensive paint mate in ever. Uh, oh yeah. Even though Absolutely. Utah's put together some really good def Go Bears? defensive yeah, yeah, squads. Yeah. But go bear with Siakam, have fun getting buckets at the rim, and then you put, throw Scotty Barnes out there uh, as a wing defender, and he was phenomenal this year for for Toronto. And if you do all that without giving up Van Vliet, and you still got Gary Trent Jr., and you, it's like, again, love Ant, and I know Blazer fans love him too. But and I love the seventh pick uh, and the idea of trading him out. But if you're Toronto, Keith. You can't look at getting Gobert versus Ant or the seventh pick and say, oh, yeah, I'm not going to take Gobert for OG Ananobi. That team would become much better, as good as OG Ananobi is. That team would become incredible. Yeah, that, that's the uh, same way that Blazers are pursuing roster balance here with the moves they're making. That's a much better roster balancing move than than taking a pick, especially what we saw it turn into, like the wings and the guards. That's not what Toronto needs. Nope. All right, uh, final question, and I want to let you get out of here because I know you got somewhere to be. Which is better, Blazers roster last fall or Blazers roster right now before we've made the next move? Mm, Keith, 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 I, Keith. Well, while you think about this, I'm just going to say I think it's now. I think the roster now, I know it's still incomplete, but you look at the, the ceiling of, of Shade and Sharp like we've talked about. Simon's having developed a little bit. We've seen what he did this this spring, this last spring. Dame is going to be healthy. Nurk is healthy. Nas maybe a little bit more developed uh, after what we saw again from him. Jeremy Grant adding to the roster. I think that is a better roster right off the bat than last year with Dame, CJ, uh, Norm, Rocco. It's not a for sure sell, but I feel pretty I think good about I, it. I, I'm going to go the safe route here. And I think that the... I think that the wheels are in motion 
to be a better roster showing up. But I think you got to look at at what happened and and the Blazers roster. And it's hard to it's hard to make a judgment just after one trade in the draft. You have to you have to get through free agency first and then really evaluate where the roster stands. Because if you looked at if you looked at it in a nutshell, Keith, if you told me I have I have Dame, Ant, Hart, um, Jeremy Grant now, Nurkic, and then a ton of holes that I still have to fill versus Dame, CJ, Norm, Rocco, Nurk. I personally like that other five as it stands because there was there wasn't the holes in the rest of the roster yet too because again nasir and and obviously simon's coming off the bench like so to me you just have to play this out at free agency however i do think you're in a position keith to have a much better roster than you had last year at day one because again jeremy grant is a much better fit for what they're trying to do and a giant upgrade at the starting four than Robert Covington. Robert Covington to me is still, he's a rotational big. Jeremy Grant is not. You have Ant Simons, you have Josh Hart. Like you, you have the, you're, G- give you're me right a penny. There. You said Ant a whole bunch. Give me, give me a penny Simons. Give me one. You got one fifth of a nickel Simons. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm probably selling last fall's roster a little short just because we saw what happened. You know, it's, it's the recency bias. We saw kind of how it played out and how Roko just didn't fit. Like last fall, I felt really good about him. Man. Yeah, I, and I, I don't, th- and I still Roma don't think last year's roster was bad. You had, uh, you had coach. Tur- it just never. I say you had, you had coach turnover that that I think yeah. some people just didn't mesh with, and then you had uh, the injury bug that hit a lot of people. Um, you just had the, the, Larry Nance barely played. Yeah, for us. you had like, the uncertainty of what was going to happen because I th- it felt like the writing was on the wall very early in the season. This that that CJ was, CJ was tradable. Um, and so you just, you, you just had so many things working against that roster gelling and, you know, the biggest one was, you know, playing one guy who really isn't a starting player in my opinion, he could be, but that's Rocco, uh, and a guy who's playing out of position in Norman Powell. And there's a couple of things that worked against it, but as a roster talent wise, it was yeah. a talented roster. So we'll see how this, it was talented, but we'll see but, how this one I, plays I like out. Balance, and I hope man. it plays out because if anyone listen to this podcast knows unless they just mute it every time i talk and they have me blocked on discord i have been one of the very few <laughs> i have been one of the very few uh that has been definitely in defense of acquiring jeremy grant um so i think this is a great move for the blazers still some to be made again which is why i love joe cronin saying we're not good enough yet we're not good enough so I love it. And I think you got some dogs on this roster too, dude. Like if you don't have to get rid of Nasir, look at what he said in, on Twitter, right? Uh, watching the parade, like he mm. wants to do that for his team. Notice how he said he didn't say I want to do it for the Blazers. He just said he wanted to do it for his team. <laughs> but you got, but you got, Chris. you got. It was such a nice moment. You, you guys, had to ruin you, it. Currently you have guys like him. I think you have guys like Jeremy Grant, who I, I think after getting the short end of the stick, people argue that this guy, oh, he's on his his fourth team in what nine years or something like that i think after getting i think getting on the short end of the stick a couple of those teams and then getting in detroit and playing with that chip on your shoulder proof that he can be good you have a guy like damian lillard that i think puts the chip on his shoulder just because he doesn't know how to play without it i think you have guys like nasir who are going like i said he's a dog in 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 the best way possible dude He's, he's 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 fierce and i think he wants to achieve greatness i think i think you got some personalities here that are going to to mesh a little bit better 
Someone asked me last night, my buddy Eli from the Just Two Fans podcast that I co-host, go give it a like and listen on Apple and Spotify, everywhere else you listen to your podcast. Shout out. Hey! How, what I thought about the Blazers, uh, you know, last 48 hours. And I said, I gave it a beat. Jeremy Grant's a good move. Shaden Sharp, I think, is a good draft. I think Jabari Walker's a good draft pick. Uh, low risk on, low risk, risk on Walker. And then everything we've already said about Shaden Sharp. I give it a B. And I think if you ask Blazer fan on Monday if they would have left Thursday night with a B grade, I think Blazer fans would be happy. So to me, just be happy mm, with where you're I at. Gotcha. I did, it could Maybe it could have been better, but I think you just had a very good, very good offseason uh, so far. And let's put it this way too, Keith. There, it already looks like there was no hesitation no, oh my gosh, what do I do? I'm a first-time GM. I'm scared. Joe Cronin right, Joe Cronin is right. not scared of the moment, and I think you're in a good spot, man. No, he's got a plan, man. And, and if I can just give a, a quick grade for him as well, this might be a surprise because, again, I, I've been critical of the draft stuff, and I've been critical of even Shaden Sharp specifically in the floor, like not having a more of a player that was like a, an obvious uh, uh, move for Dame, even though that is still an open option. I'm almost tempted to give this an A, man. I, I'm stoked on the price that we got Grant for, and I'm stoked that, like we talked about with Sharp, you could have picked a lot of dudes, Dyson Daniels, Mathur, and other ones that we talked about, who could have been aiming to fit around, you could have aimed to fit them around Dame, and they might not have had that ceiling. Sharp still has enough options where I'm, I'm really not that, even compared to what I knew about him a week ago, I'm not that unhappy with, with him as as the pick, especially after you and I have kind of talked this through, you've talked me down off the off the cliff uh -huh. a little bit. I, I got in there with some of that. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you on the B. I might even be leaning towards like a B plus, A minus kind of range. I, I feel like this is really good news for the Blazers. I'm excited to see what happens next. I wish the, the I wish what happens next could happen now because I want to know. I'm, I'm ready to root for the team, though. Let's do this. Yeah, and I just want to point out on, on Shade and Sharp really quickly. Um, people dogging him. It's kind of, it's going on in our Discord right now. Vader hey. and... Uh, Alcaldi, oh, yeah? I always hey. mess the name up. I do. I, oh, I what am I missing? What am I missing? No, they're just arguing about uh, productively, productively arguing about um, his height, and people are worried about going, going and drafting quote another guard. Right? This is the, the, a lot of things I was hearing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, even yesterday yeah. about um, going and getting a guy who's who's six six. Um, hold on, I said pause. I got to find my text here. Because the text where we were talking you're about. You're good. You're good. Where is it? Okay. Um, about him being being six six and and you know one of my buddies was like you know tell me how many small forwards last year were six six or shorter, and I think it's an interesting way of thinking about mm. it because he was trying to defend that he doesn't have the height. And I think that's interesting because it's very concrete. Yeah, and, and it's an old way of thinking. Like when when we grew up watching basketball in the '90s, like if you played power forward, you were six ten in my eyes. Like you were a six ten big guy, and like just under seven foot. Kind right, of thing. and anything shorter, you were no. I mean, I want to point right. out that you know Grant Williams got a ton of run at power forward. He's six six. Draymond Green is six six. Uh, PJ Tucker plays power forward. He's 6'5. Uh, 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 Jay Crowder, 6'6. And he's playing, he's playing power forward, right? And when you look at yeah. you look at small forwards who got playing time that was 6'6 or or or, or, uh, or less, you look at guys like uh 
Aunt Edwards was playing shooting guard and small forward. He's six six or shorter. Lou Dort, who Blazer fans are big time sold on because he's a very very good defender. He's like six three, and he was getting a lot <laughs> of minutes at small forward for Oklahoma City. Tate at, at small yeah, forty. Tate, wow, in, yeah, Tate yeah. in Houston, same thing. He's like six. He's like six five, and he's you know playing small forward for him. So again it's height is one thing it's not about your height wingspan plays into it and how you play and some people just are built for that position regardless of how you know they're set up and lou dort played a a major chunk of his minutes at small forward is listed at small forward when you look at how that rosters that roster's weird they got a freaking seven foot tall point guard so i guess they can get away with it but i just wouldn't be upset with having a six six guy who gives you a, a wing player and come on i think you're in a good spot keith heights heights not like we've talked about basketball getting more and more positionless like height is just not quite as as clearly defined at yeah. this point man you, you you play small ball lineups you got like i mean you're generally moving smaller than they used to be anyway so you got to kind of start kind of adjusting that direction Absolutely. Uh, to be totally honest though I'm getting all pulled into the uh, t- to the debates here on on our on our roster talk channel on Discord, uh, listeners. If you haven't joined the Discord yet, link is in the episode description. But yeah, we got Vader, Alcabi, Mac Deuce, a couple others going back and forth on a uh, love it Sharp versus Daniels and all the rest. Uh, and, and I just want to say, just want to say, like we're doing the podcast live here, just you and I. They can't hear no. us. This is private. But we got Vader echoing a lot of points, talking about you know. We have to let Sharp become what he is, not what we want him to be. Minnesota wanted Wiggins to be the man, but Wiggins is more comfortable being an elite defender and a third option scorer. So I, I, I'm just saying, we, we got some smart brains in here on Discord. <laughs> Mac Deuce, he makes his points too. No, I'm just kidding, Mac. You're, <laughs> we got Everyone on Discord is smart, passionate, awesome fans. Listeners, come and join the Discord. Chris, anything else you want to throw in here before we get out? Listeners, word of wisdom. If you go to the movies bring bring your own metal straw cleanable couple of them have your wife keep them in your purse keep them in your your we're all we're, if you're t- going taking your kids to the movies and you need a straw you're a dad so you're wearing cargo shorts anyway so put them in one of your 20 pockets who cares if the teenagers don't think you, you look cool it doesn't matter you got pockets and you got everything covered just don't rip the straw in half don't drop it on the floor and you won't miss the first 10 minutes of the movie words of wisdom from cat words from captain chris wise advice all right and with that in closing your honorable listeners that's it that's our show thank you chris burkhart thank you odar for these fat and thank you listeners for a great listening we hope you enjoy your blazers your rip city basketball and our latest episode come and join the discord link in the episode description thank you again and please come back next week for the next episode of the trailcasters sweet Awesome, man. Sorry to hold you a little long there.